Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. If you come to Abundant Life, I can tell you right now, in the past 15 or 20 years, you can count on one hand how many times I have taken and just preached a message on nothing but giving, on tithe and offering. I always share a minute from the scripture for a few minutes before we give, believe God for faith. So when men and women give, they're not just giving uh, out of just a natural time and response, but they're giving because something's in their spirit. They want to give. Somebody say hallelujah. But I do not preach messages on giving uh, per se, unless I feel like the Lord would have me do that. And I don't have that series ready yet either. But I do have something for this morning for a moment that I think is very powerful and very real. Uh, this is from the Old Testament. Uh, to begin with, and the Old Testament is just as you just have to bring it through the blood, bring it through the cross to understand its application today. Because you can't tear Exodus out of your Bible. You can't tear uh, the Ten Commandments out of the Scriptures. You have to bring it through the cross. Can I have a better amen? amen. You can't tear the blood sacrifices of the Old Testament out of the Bible. You bring them through the Lamb of God, through Jesus, who shed His blood for us then you begin to understand many of those things. You'll notice right here in the book of Exodus, or I'll just read it to you. It's Exodus chapter 13. They can put verse 2 on the screen to start with. And then from there, I'm going to take you real quickly over uh, to about verse 10 or 11. Exodus 13, 2. Sanctify, this is the Lord speaking unto Moses. Sanctify unto me all the firstborn. It's very important. Whatsoever openeth the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of beast, it is mine. Say that with me. It, it is mine. Listen, church, I can't tell you in the Hebrew how emphatic that is. God says it's not an option. The first fruit belongs to Him. He calls it the first right here, which is either your tithe, are the first fruit. The reason for that, now listen, you'll not find anywhere in the Scripture where the Bible says to give your tithe. We're, to, we're never told to give our tithe. We're told to give our offering, which is what we give above a tithe. The Bible says that we bring our tithe into the house of the Lord. We do not bring our tithe anywhere else. A tithe is the first 10% of what God has blessed you with. Two amens. Listen, God is going to prosper some men and women. This year, I believe in the first quarter of this year, there are going to be some powerful testimonies and praise reports of men and women get a hold of what I'm saying right now. The reason the Bible doesn't say that we should uh, give our tithe to God is because the tithe, the first, belongs to Him. It is His. Uh, for instance, if I were to uh, say, Brother Ram, uh, if, if he came to me and said, hey, can I borrow your pickup? I need to go haul some trash off and stuff and put some nails in it, driving out through the garbage dump and stuff. Could I borrow your pickup or something like that? And I'd say, sure, you know, yeah. And then he, he would uh, come back later that day and he would uh, bring that uh, pickup back to me. He would not give it back to me 
because it didn't belong to him, but he would bring it because it's already mine. The Bible says that we bring our tithe. We bring the first fruit, but we give. That's something that you have an option and a choice in because that, that 90% belongs to you. The tithe, listen to me, the tithe doesn't go to an evangelist. Your tithe does not go to some other ministry. It doesn't go to pay your college debt. It doesn't go to, uh, you know, to the hospital. No, the tithe belongs to God's house because it belongs to Him. And He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse, which is the church. He said, bring the tithe. And He said, I will rebuke the devourer. And I will open up windows uh, in your life. I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings. Tithe is not an option. One of the first things I wanted to do when, when our daughters were talking to young men, I wanted to know if they tithed. They didn't know I was checking, but I was checking. Because I didn't want, and Cindy and I didn't want our daughters cursed with a curse. Give me a big amen. amen. You say, well, what would have happened if they, if they weren't faithful and all of that? Well, who knows? I don't have to worry about it. We prayed, we obeyed God, but I just wanted to know. They might have checked to see if I tithe. They might have checked to see if our daughters tithe. Because we live our life to give. God is a good God. Come on. And I believe believers, uh, men and women of God, should be people who realize God's position in our life because He just wants to bless your life. God is delighted, the Bible says, in the prosperity of His servants. It says He takes pleasure. He rejoices every time something good begins to happen in your life. Oh, hallelujah. That means every time you get a discount. That means every time you get a coupon. That means every time someone blesses you. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Uh, the scripture says that we bring the first. Now look, I've had people ask me, uh, just like every pastor gets this question. It's not novel to me at all. I promise you, if you've ever been around the body of Christ and talked to very many preachers, every preacher gets this question. Do we have to tithe to be a member of your church, the, you pastor, or to go to your church? No, you don't have to tithe. Uh, the fact of the matter is God's not even interested in your money. He is His money because He has a plan for it. But God's not interested in that. He's interested in your heart. A giving, the Bible says, that where a man's heart is or where his treasure is, there will his heart be also. Jesus said that, where a man's treasure is, that's where his heart is. Now listen, get this in your spirit. The way that you get your heart into the kingdom of God is you take your treasure and you put it there. Because where your uh, treasure is, there will your heart be also. Are y'all doing okay? So when you tithe, God doesn't want 100% of it. He doesn't ask for that. He says, just give me my portion. And tithe. Take that first 10%. And just that just means basically if, if you, know, you did a job or something like that and it's got 
you, you know, you had to buy supplies and you had to, I don't know, maybe you're a, a, a contractor of some kind and you went out and did that. And so uh, when you get paid, then whatever you had that was over the profit, and just be, be honest with God. Let's just say that you had $1,000 left over. Then that was your profit that you wrote into that. Then you, after your expenses uh, had been taken out. Uh, and God has in, expanded you. He's increased you. And once again, that's all between you and God. I'm not going to come and check your balance sheet. By now you figured that out after 35 years, but I am going to preach you prosperous and preach you blessed because we're going to stick with the Word and the Word won't fail. Then you take, let's just say you have uh, 10 $100 bills. So 10 times 100 would be what? Say it out loud. So if you've got 10 $100 bills, then the tithe would not be $10. The tithe would be $100. So you would take God's portion, the Scripture says, and you would give it to Him or give it back to Him. And you do that, the Scripture says, by bringing it. And God will bless the 90% that you retain for yourself more than 100% that has a curse on it. Because money is in a system called mammon. And mammon, Jesus said, has a curse on it. But when we tithe and offer, God breaks the curse and He opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings in our lives. The only thing that I see in the Bible that shows that greed is not in the heart of the body of Christ is uh, men and women tithe and they do it with joy as unto the Lord. They do it with a heart of thanksgiving. God, thank you for what you've done in my life. I want to bless you back. My mom and dad raised their seven children that way. My mother and father, they lived to give. And they lived by their giving. And God is a good God. And he, they taught that principle to us. And Cindy and I have participated in that as long as... Uh, actually, we, we do more than 10%, but I'm, not, I'm just saying, I just found out that you can't outgive God. That when you give, it comes back. You don't know when it's going to come back, but it comes back. And when it comes back, it's blessed. It's increased. Come on, somebody shout increase. increase. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, let me just say this to you. Uh, Jesus said that when we give, it's given back to us, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He causes men to give unto our bosom. How many of you have read that in the Bible? Now, it does apply to giving. But if you read it in its text right there also, and you just keep it in its text, he's talking about be a person of love. Even show love towards your enemies. Be a person of kindness. Be a person that if you got one coat or two coats and you need to give one to someone else, do that. And when you give, when you give fellowship and you give friendship and you give joy and you begin to give of yourself, God says that comes back to you. I'm not talking about dollars. I'm talking about joy comes back to you. Favor comes back to you. Anointings come back to you. Uh, it applies to money also, obviously, 
because we see that in the Scripture. But it, go beyond money because when Jesus is saying that in that whole text, He's talking and then he, he, he adds this one particular verse at the end of that particular teaching right there. And He says, so when you do these things, God will do that back to you some way multiplied. When you show kindness, when you show friendship, when you help someone, uh, when you share the Word of God, when you pray, and you're praying for someone else in intercession, the Scripture says that comes back to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And oh yeah, it, it also applies when you give. It also applies in your giving. That's why God is looking at the heart. Uh, giving is not just a matter of coming to church and dropping money in a bucket. Listen, giving is a lifestyle where you give kindness. Uh, how about sometimes you just give a godly look or a joyful look and, and you just have a pleasantness about you that opens a door maybe for you to be able to meet someone or to share with someone that you couldn't before. I don't know how God's going to do it, but He's going to bring that back into your life. He may cause your husband to suddenly start liking you. He may cause your wife to fall back in love with you, sir. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. I don't know how God's going to do all of that. But that's how the kingdom of God operates. And He does not exempt sowing the seed, giving, tithing, and offering. He's talking about the character of a giver. Because God so loved the world, He gave. And when you and I give, it's not something that you can turn on and turn off when you walk in and out of a building. It's either in you or you need to get it in you. Come on, touch two people and say, I'm a giver. How about you? Come on, say that to them. Do it in a godly manner. So here God is teaching the children of Israel. They've been in captivity for 400 years. Ten generations under Egyptian demon, uh, demonic cultism. That's what they've been raised under. After ten generations following Jehovah God, is almost gone from them. There's only a few left that are connected to Jehovah God. So God begins to teach Moses again, and God had him record that for us. How people are supposed to relate to God and how God relates to us in many ways. And as he does it, he, he gives him the what the Bible calls the types and the shadows. The types and shadows are there that will reveal ultimately the coming Messiah. He wants to make sure that they see all of these types in the Old Testament. So when Jesus comes on the scene, they can actually say our Messiah has arrived. But dead religion took over. And even those who, who were uh, very suspicious, supposing that Jesus might actually be that fulfillment, the Scripture says they resisted. The Pharisees cut them off and, and did all kind of things which you and I have uh, read, especially in the first four Gospels, and then we begin to see it in the epistles soon. But now watch what he says about giving. And he said that part belongs to him for a reason. Listen to what the Scriptures say. Are y'all doing okay this morning? Is it all right if we teach just for a second? The Scripture says in Exodus chapter uh, 13 still, look at verse 
11. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring you into the land of the Canaanites, as he swear unto you, that's the promised land, to your fathers and to your fathers, and shall give it thee, that thou shalt set apart unto the Lord all that openeth the matrix, the firstborn, and every firstling that comes of a beast which thou hast, the males shall be the Lord's. And every firstling, verse 13, of an ass, which is a donkey, it was called unclean, every firstling of a, of a donkey thou shalt redeem with a lamb. Everybody say redeem. And if thou will not redeem it, then thou shalt break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among thy children's shalt thou redeem. Come on, shout redeem. Now, when you read it in the scriptures, because of the day we live in today, uh, obviously we need to understand what he's saying there. He's teaching them about relating to God and telling a story that is going to take place uh, about four, about 2,000 years from, the, from that particular time when Moses is writing this down. How many of you know that before you came into Jesus, can I say it like this, that you were unclean? Give me two amens there. That's why every man or every woman that's ever been born must be born again. We must give our life to the Lord. And uh, because of the iniquitous nature that we inherited from our original ancestor, Adam, that passed on to all of mankind. So God loved us so much that he set up a plan of redemption. That's why he is called the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. He was slain for us. Jesus has already done that part. And then he gives us the ability to either accept it or reject it. We either receive Jesus by faith and suddenly the miracle of the new birth takes place or else we just kind of mentally assent to, yeah, that was in the Bible and all of that kind of stuff. And so God would use giving uh, the way he still does today when we give to see men's heart, to see if they were following the Lord. The scripture says that every time a young boy was born, the first child that a woman had, if a, if a lady, a woman, had a male first, had a boy, they were to bring a sacrifice, a lamb of some kind. They were to bring that and they were to offer that and to sacrifice it. And then the scripture says, because the blood would be shed, and there was a redemption, God said, that took it. Now, God didn't just take that and just uh, rapture that, that, uh, that carcass up to heaven because he needed something, you know, in the kitchen in heaven. No, he was looking at the heart of men and how they were taking something that was dear to them and they were breaking that curse by, or they were dealing with that curse, the scripture says, by uh, uh, killing a lamb for every male boy that was the first male born to a woman. Get this in your spirit with me now. And the Bible called them redeemed. Uh, and then he said, but if you have an unclean, he said, if you have clean animals, the clean animals would be the cattle. The clean animals were the sheep and the goats. He said, if you have a clean animal, 
And that animal, the first uh, time that that uh, little, uh, what do you call a female uh, sheep, a, a ewe, is that right? An ewe or a ewe, E-W-E, I think that's how you spell a, a, a ewe. And the first one that they have was to be sacrificed. It belonged to God. And then uh, the scripture says they went ahead and did that. Uh, now, if they had an unclean animal, uh, which would be a donkey, he was they, they were not supposed to eat it or anything of that nature. If they had an unclean animal, the scripture says that they were to redeem it with a lamb. They were to take a lamb and redeem it. And then it says, but if they refused to, to do that, they did not want to redeem it for whatever the reason that they were to kill the first one. They were to break its neck. Now, it sounds severe, but can I just remind you that you and I were the unclean one. But God loved us so much, He sent the Lamb of God. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. And He died for us and shed blood. And that's what redemption talks about, uh, the whole doctrine of redemption all through the Scriptures. And so God was showing that in a type to people 4,000 years ago. Uh, so get it in your spirit right there. It was important to God. It was extremely important that the first one do that. Uh, I've had people ask me before, well, what about Cain and Abel? Why did God accept Abel's offering but did not accept Cain's? Well, if you read it in Genesis 4, and I'm sure you have, you don't have to turn there, but Genesis 4, 4 says it like this, uh, 4, 3 and 4, says that Cain brought the fruit of the ground but Abel brought the firstling of a, a, a lamb, a firstling. One of the first ones. He brought something that was acceptable to God and offered that. And the Bible says God would, was pleased with his offering, but he was not pleased with Cain's. Because Cain just went and gathered, the scripture says, uh, a bunch of fruit or vegetables and brought them before God. But Abel did it with blood. And when he offered his sacrifice, it was the right sacrifice. And God accepted it. Uh, and of course, uh, Cain got mad about it, just like some Christians do today, not at this church, but they do in some places. They get mad about the fact that there is a biblical way to give. And uh, consequently, uh, he got angry and we have the first murder that took place and it took place over an offering. And you can be sure the devil's been trying to kill churches ever since that over the offering issue. Are you listening to me? So it's very important to understand that, that God sees that and he sees the heart of people. And that's what our giving is all about. It's not about giving money to the preacher and it's not about something that you have to do. It's something that says my heart is fixed on God. And I want those blessings in my life. And as I give, I'm believing God to give it back and to press it down and to compound it in our life. Malachi says, I believe God will open the windows of heaven. And I believe if your heart is right and your treasure begins to go into the kingdom of God, your heart goes with it. Have you ever noticed how your treasure is tied to your heart? Let someone mess with your money. Am I the only one that that applies to? You let someone mess with your money and it makes a difference to you. The first 10%, the Bible says, it is mine. Jesus, in that pre 
nativity state, the Scripture says it belongs to Him. So when we give with our whole heart and we say, God, thank you. I'm bringing your part back to you. Thank you for your blessings in my life. Oh God, let that sink in today. And then he told the children of Israel, he said, so in the first of each year like that at a certain time, you should bring a first fruit to God. A first fruit offering was different from a tithe. A first fruit was something that they bring, the scripture says, because they understand the goodness of God to them. Uh, the Bible goes on and says it right here in this one particular verse. Listen to this. And every firstling, verse 13, he talks about, and it shall be, verse 14 now, when your son asks you in time to come, later on when, when your boys grow up, and they say, what is this? That you will say unto him, by the strength of hand, the Lord brought us out from Egypt from the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh would hardly let us go, that the Lord slew all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all that openeth the matrix, being males, but all the firstborn of my children I redeem. He said, I don't go out and kill them, I redeem them. That's why when you see Abraham, who was the father of our faith, when the scripture says he took his firstborn with Sarah, his name was Isaac, and he drew that knife back. God said, stop, stop. I understand. You actually are given your firstborn. I don't want you to kill a person. But you're given the firstborn. Don't do it. And the scripture says God provided a sacrifice. He provided a ram. That's why that was important to God. And God saw Abraham's heart that he trusted God. Now, God's not going to have you do that with your kids. Because Jesus has already come. And the Holy Spirit lives in you if you are a believer. But God saw that. He judged it based upon Abraham's offering and his intent. And the scripture says that God called him the father of our faith. So it had to do with that heart relationship. He said, so in the time to come, let's just say you got a, a, a son that's, you know, five years old and you're tithing. Or your children are there and you're tithing and then they grow up in time to come. They grow up and maybe one of them becomes the, the accountant in, in your business. And they start looking at the record and they say, oh my goodness, look how, look how many of these uh, lambs and uh, sheep that daddy, in his probably sincerity but foolishness, was given to God. And they come to you and they say, why did you do this? Why did you give so many? Maybe he had sacrificed 75 of them over the years or, or something like that. And starts looking at that and said, why did you do this? He said, you tell them, I'm not doing that because I want God to give it back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I give a first fruit every year. I give a first thing because he delivered me. Because I wasn't always in as good a condition as I am right now. Maybe that father was saying something like, I used to be in prison. I used to be in jail. I used to do drugs. I used to have all kind of issues in my life. Uh, uh, it, it was a bad thing. I know I'm your daddy and I never told you this part, but 
Daddy wasn't always as good a man as he is. And God saved me. He redeemed me from Pharaoh. He set us free. And I continually give him a first fruit because of the goodness that he has done in my life. If he never gives any of that back, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It's from my heart. It's part of my portion that I'm giving to God. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. The idea that giving is not tied to your relationship with God is simply nowhere in the Bible. But at the same time, there are people that have perverted the doctrine of giving and they do it for the wrong reason. So they teach people more about getting than they do about giving. God's not teaching the doctrine of getting. He teaches the word on giving. And then when we give, obviously, God is good and He returns increase. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. So we don't teach people how to get. That's just the side effect of being faithful and having a relationship with God. And God is true to His Word. So it's not, it's not a stretch if you believe in your heart that when you give, your heart is saying, God, I love you and I want to bless you today. And here's your part, God. I'm, giving, I'm bringing that back to you. But God, I've got an offering I want to give. I want to do something over and above. I'm thinking today being Sunday, 2020 Sunday, it ought to be a first fruit, not just a tithe, Maybe double your giving today. Double your giving. Believe God for supernatural vision this year. And say, God, you've been good to me. And I want to bless your name. I want to bless your house. I bring you your portion. And this is a great giving church. And I bless the Lord for you. But maybe this is for someone today who doesn't fully understand what the Bible says. Our heart cries out, And says, God, I bless you. I love you. And God says, good. Here's what you have given in exchange for your soul, for your life. You worked this week. You took X amount of hours, X amount of time that you have, and that clock is ticking. And you put it into a job some way. And you exchanged it for compensation. And I bless you to be able to do that. And the scripture says that God requires that men do their part. If they understand it and they see it in the Word, it's there all through the Word. I just gave you my time's up uh, to teach it this morning. But I believe if you're going to enter into 2020 with the blessing of the Lord overtaking you, that we develop our heart toward God and we never exclude our giving. Cindy and I have believed God uh, from the time we got married and before that we would be able to give, and we started by tithing. And by tithing, God blessed us. And And we did it from our heart. We didn't have a lot to give when we first started. We just started with the 10% that we had that belonged to God. And we would bring that continually. We did it first. Back in the old days, We actually wrote checks. Those of you that are under 40, that's a piece of paper that you used to write stuff on and give to a bank. And and really, that really happens. Yeah, how archaic could could we possibly have been? We watched 
television back before the internet. We watched TV by kerosene and all of that. You know, we had kerosene-powered TVs, you know. And so we made a decision. The first thing that we would give, the first thing we would do is take our tithe and say, God, this belongs to you. It doesn't belong to me. It's yours. We would write that out first. Then we would pay our bills out of what was left over. And we asked God for wisdom, and God blessed us. And He'll bless every man and woman. That's the first thing we'd do. And when we had opportunity, and we would tithe that to the church. Because the storehouse, the New Testament church, is God's plan for protection against deception in the earth. It always has been since the day God instituted it on the day of Pentecost. It's the protection against deception. It's a place where God chooses to set His name. He calls it a storehouse. And as you and I tithe and offer, and those of you that tithe and you do, you obey the Word and you obey your spirit, and you do that, you, you act on your faith and you give back to God what belongs to Him. I bless you and I give a good report. I thank God for that. But there's someone here today that God's talking to you. And it would be a great time because your heart says, I love God. I just don't know how to relate to God. Well, in the New Testament church, the Bible says that we should bring God's portion into the house of God. Uh, so this is probably the only time you'll get to hear, Pastor, uh, speak on this subject like this. But it's the first Sunday of the year and I don't know about you, but I intend to max 2020 out for Jesus Christ. And I want to see the families of this church blessed. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good Word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.